Okay, well, today, today I'm pretty excited to be able to talk about uh, our next podcast. And as I uh, take off here, on my way to go and get uh, Ben, who's more commonly known as the Abstacker. And uh, I had Ben as a passenger about a month ago, and he and I connected through Instagram, and uh, he was just a champion bloke. And I, I mentioned to him about doing a celebrity chat, and he was all for it. He was really, really, really happy to be able to put his hand up and say, yeah, mate, I'd love to do it as our first one. So I'm on my way to get him. Uh, he's uh, he's pretty pumped himself. He He's a very frank, inspirational uh, but just a genuine bloke, and I'm looking forward to having a chat with him over the next little while, and uh, see what comes of this chat with the Abstacker. Rightio, let's get going, boss. Let's do it. <laughs> Today is just to get to know you. Yeah, of course. All right, 100%. and I'll probably swing a bit of stuff back my way that's relative yeah. to what you're talking about. And yep. We'll see how we go, mate. But obviously, for those that, uh, that don't know, uh, had been in the car as a passenger about a month ago, down yeah. to uh, down to the gym, which is where you work at Beach Fit. Yes. And uh, got to know each other in a real quick space of time, and then uh, we connected to Instagram and decided we should probably catch up. And I've asked you if you wouldn't mind doing the first celebrity chat. Oh, well, thank you. Uber. Yeah, very grateful to be part of your journey. And um, from the moment I stepped into you know the Aussie Uber. Uh, I knew this guy was different and he was really passionate about the journey that he's about to go on with it all. Um, and he said a lot of things to me that made a lot of sense. I think, but it's funny, that day you actually, it's funny you say that because that day that I, I picked you up, I wouldn't normally get out of a car. But no, for some did. reason I jumped out and we shook hands. Yeah, that's First right. thing, remember? Yeah. yeah. And it, uh, I think that just set the scene because there's not enough of that sort of shit that goes on. I mean, I just, you know, I'm quite an open person in that regard. If someone, you know, needs help, I'll get out and help them. If someone, you know, like I picked up a girl called Helene the other day that was quite upset going to the airport because she had to go back home to the UK. And you're just trying to make their journey just that little bit easier. Yeah. So when I got out that day and shook your hand, hey, that's what it's all about. Mm. I think people are a bit frightened these days to do that sort of stuff in current climate, but we'll get there, boss. We'll get there. Rightio. Mate, your journey is obviously a... Uh, a pretty awesome one so far. I suggest there's probably a lot more to happen. Uh, where, where did you start? Where are you from? And I don't know anything about you, buddy, because for me, I had a couple of people say, look, you, you're getting abstract in the car. Are you going to research him? I was like, you know what? I'm not going to because mm. I don't, and no disrespect to you, yeah. I don't want to know about you beforehand. I want to know about you today. Yeah, so I'm um, originally a country boy. I grew up in a, a small town called Narromine probably about 30 minutes outside of Dubbo, so about five hours west of Sydney. Um, got a population of 3,500, so grew up out there doing all the good country boy stuff, uh, catching lizards and snakes and riding motorbikes, chasing pigs, fishing, hunting, all that sort of jazz. I wanted to be uh, the next Steve Irwin, and that was my goal. Is that right? Yeah, so I was an absolute <laughs> lunatic, so... Dad would often come home and crack the shits because in my fish tanks I've got, uh, you know, very dangerous brown snakes, um, you know, which can kill you. Um, but I was brave enough and silly enough to pick the bastards up and uh, put them in the fish tank. Did you ever get bitten or did you ever get close? I got very close a few times. And my mum once saved my sister with a shovel um, from a brown snake from uh, tapping up my sister. It, was, it had my sister backed up uh, in our patio corner and mum come out with a shovel and um, old one too, Kimmy Hansaker, that's my mum. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, is your sister older or younger? She is younger. Okay. Um, absolute force of nature. One of the most high energy out there. Now, hang on a second, mate. Yeah. Hang she's... on a second. If you're high energy and you're oh. saying she's higher than you. Yeah, mate, she well, is. Uh... Is, we're, we're going, out of, we're going <laughs> yeah. out of the orbit right now. Yeah, yeah. She is next level. Is that right? Yeah. What does she do for a crust? What's her, what's her background? Um, so she was like a semi-professional athlete, almost made the Commonwealth Games for sprinting. Oh, is that right? Um, then went on a, a journey after, unfortunately, her boyfriend um, passed away through suicide or committed suicide. Um, so then she went on a crusade against that and, and went into the mental health space um, to sort of alleviate or... Like surely there's no more important time at the moment for people like her to be working in that space. Yeah, it's it's um, 
like my, my myself, I've been affected personally and externally by it. Um, and I'm a big, big advocate in the mental health space. That's why I am the way I am, um, because I've suffered depression myself. Um, and that's why actually I do the, all the positivity because I've been negative before and I know what happens on the back of that. So if you think about when I was depressed, I wouldn't wake up early, I'd sleep in all day, um, probably because I was nursing a, a really bad hangover, I was eating shit food, didn't want to actually see anyone. Um, and I just hated every day. I just didn't really like where I was at. Didn't so like how, how old were you when this sort of stuff was going on? Um, I would have been in my early 20s. So, so did, how old are you now, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, early 30s. Wow, awesome. Like so about 10 years ago. So you talk about that depression thing, and it's funny because... And I'll talk about it openly. It doesn't really... Yeah, look, I'm, I'm the same now. I I think my some of my darkest days yeah. were when I first got kicked out of home when I was 17. Wow. Um, grew up in Adelaide. Yeah, Radelaide. Uh, and yeah, my old Radelaide. Yeah. And uh, I think the only thing that saved me back then is the lads that I was knocking around with. Yeah, wow. Like, I moved from a place called Salisbury to to centre of Adelaide and started playing AFL and cricket for uh, Poultney Island Scholars. Nice. And the lads there, like, not to say they lived a privileged like they lived a privileged life, but they were yes. they weren't badly off. I mean, I came yeah. from having no money at all. Wow. Um, grew up with you know the shirt on your back type thing. Grew up yeah. hard. I was bullied at school. Um, and in between year 11 and 12, put on a bit of bulk, and then I was never bullied again. Mm. Um, and by the grace of God, I actually broke the guy's nose that had been bullying me for five years on the first day of year 12. Good on you. And, <laughs> and no, never got picked on again. Of course. And <laughs> not to say I'm big or bad or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been in a lot of fights since, yeah. especially when I was younger, playing sport and at the pubs and things yeah. were a lot different back then. But for me, the depression, I, I would just go for long bike rides. Yeah, and, wow. Yeah. You don't, you don't know who to turn to, so that was. I mean, I I, I applaud you for for speaking openly about it, and um, it's funny because I had a guy just when COVID kicked off, and I said this to a couple of people as well. Picked up this lad from the city, going to city to Surrey Hills, and he got in the car and he's quite emotional. I was like, mate, you're right there, champion, and he said, yeah, yeah it's just I've just lost my job, and I was like, mate, life's too short to worry about that sort of mm. stuff. Yes, it's a bad day today, and. He then said he'd been given notice on his place with his girlfriend and they had no food in the house because they didn't really think COVID was as big as what it was. And I don't think a lot of us did. Mm. So by the time he got to his house, I said, mate, what if I turn Uber off and I'll run you down the beach? Oh, wow. And he said, no, no, you're all right. I said, no, no, mate, I'll wait here. Go get a set of boardies on, grab your towel. Mm. I'll run you to the beach. And I did. I ran him from Surrey Hills to the beach. Good on you. And I said, mate, go for a swim. So by the time you see your girlfriend tonight, your, your mindset's changed. Yeah. You've had a swim in the water. It was 35 degrees. Beautiful day for it. But hopefully, and I said, mate, if you need to you know, connect, you've got my details. And he hasn't, and I think that's a good thing because if he had connected, I think he might have needed to have a chat. Mm. But hopefully he's on his way and yeah. uh, things have started to turn around for him. But So for you, the depression, how did you know you were depressed though? I mean, you said you didn't get out of bed, but did you know you were depressed at the time? Uh, well, the way I, I found out is actually uh, I was down to my last... Fuck! I, I was almost on the verge of uh, sort of ending the run. I was I was thinking really? about some some dark thoughts. Um, I, I looked in the mirror. I really hated the the person I seen. Um, I knew I was sick, and I just get I actually rinsed up all the the change I could gather from the the couch. It was buck eighty? <laughs> caught it down to um. <laughs> The, the campus and, and rolled into the doctor and just said here's what's up and she looked at me and goes look I think you've got depression and um, from that instance did that just, surprise you when, she, when the doctor said that did I you think actually, you were depressed I, well I didn't actually know what, too much about depression I didn't actually know what it was I hadn't done too much research into it I'd, I'd heard about it and people suffering of it but I, I'd never thought I, I would be one to be having that conversation um and then she was like, "the the one thing that can to, to, that can help you is get moving, like energy and motion. So um, when we move and exercise, um, it alleviates depression um, and it releases a good endorphins and dopamine and the things that fight off, you know, that black dog. And then you know that sort of began the journey in the gym, um, and, and that's where it sort of all started. So prior to you going to see her, mm. the doctor." You said there was some, you're pretty close. Yeah. And when you talk about that, I mean, had you considered 
your best avenue or option to, to bring this to fruition or is it you just I mean I the, the yeah well the thing thing is with depression right so you're that ashamed of yourself uh, I was broke had no job I'd, I'd got myself in a bit of a rut with debts and a few issues I'd crashed a car um, all this stuff and my best mates didn't want to know me and uh, I was just an absolute like bit of a mess know, a bit of a mess right so um, one time at Byron I was walking out into the, the ocean I was just like it's going to keep walking here and pretend it was a sort of a drowning thing but as I the wave crashed me over and slapped me into gear um, and sort of that's and I had a flash of the family I sort of stopped it there got back to Sydney um, yeah and I was, I was sort of just feeling numb um, that's crazy I mean yeah. I, I and I, I didn't I, I was too embarrassed to call my parents I didn't want to worry them they live out in the bush um, so I just went to the doctors and did the right thing and put my hand up and uh, you, it's, you're not too weak to speak you know you've got to talk up about these things and I'm it, glad I did it's easier said than done though mate because oh, yeah. um, I mean I yeah when I was younger when I was 17 I was going through some tough times but I think my toughest time is when I separated three and a half years ago mm. from my ex 10 years together we had two kids and very quickly went into the week on week off scenario yeah. and my week off having seen my my daughters every day virtually every day for all of their life mm. to then having them week on week off I used to jump in the car and for me this is my ex my escape if I jump in the car I can travel for 10 hours and be happy doing it mm. but at that point there I don't know how many times I would drive down a highway mm. and think you know what I, if I just miss this turn yeah then my job's done you yeah. know I take away all my pain yeah and the only thing you talk about the waves crashing over you you're seeing your family my only family are the girls mm. um, yes I've got you know other family through you know being adopted and what have you and you know, my natural family's off doing their stuff and I don't see them and haven't for a long, long time. My only kickback was the girls. Yeah. And it's the reason why I do this. I mean, you know, when I saw you that day, that first day I met you, um, after you jumped out, I was like, man, that guy's got a fucking positive attitude. And I was like, now I know why I've got a positive attitude. Yeah. You know, people get in the car, I don't know what their mood is like. I don't know if they're having a good day, bad day, whatever it is, but you just got to assume that that 10 or 15 minutes there in the car that you're the change they need. That's exactly right. You know, and if, like that guy that got in the car, and I won't mention his name, but the guy that got in the car from the city, if that 15-minute journey down to Bondi and he's swimming, catching up with his missus that night, is the change life. that, yeah. say, maybe not saved his life, I don't know. I mean, I don't like to think I'm that sort of person. I just like to think I'm the person, that, a bit like you, that just changes the mindset, just that one degree to put him in the right direction. So... Yeah, I mean, depression and, you know, having suicidal thoughts is tough. I mean, fuck, it just, it's given me, like, I'm getting tight in the chest thinking about it yeah, because, yeah, you know, yeah. you sort of think, if, if I'd done that, yeah, every amazing day that I've had after that, that yeah. thought, I wouldn't have had. Well, it's a, it's a permanent decision to a temporary situation. We've all got to realise that what we're going through so is temporary. So say that again, it's, it's a permanent decision, decision for a temporary decision. decision. Yeah, permanent decision, decision for a temporary situation wow like we're all in a temporary situation right now so you're making a permanent decision that lasts forever without something's temporary yes you're going to have good days yes you're going to have bad days but what you got to remember is when you're up try and bring up others with you when yep. you're down just remember it won't last forever it's only temporary okay so mate, that was we've gone deep pretty quick but that's okay let's bring it back uh you're you're in narrow mind you're growing up your school life what was that like so um i was lucky enough in uh primary school was the school captain um the the public school there which was amazing I had a really good tight circle of friends uh, we had a really strong rugby league and soccer team i did all the the running the swimming like um was in the state teams and stuff like that yep went off into high school um, everyone else hit fucking puberty. I didn't. I stayed uh, as a little little boy, and they all grew off to be uh, big, strong men. I didn't actually start shaving until I was like 21, I think. So, um, yeah, I had this problem with my... Pretty funny now, yeah. yeah <laughs> Sorry, man. No, 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 no. You've got to laugh at it. So everyone shot up, and I, I was just a, just still a little boy. Um, but I, I was getting myself in a bit of trouble out in Narromine uh, in high school 
um, you know, riding the dirt bikes down the street, getting into the cops chasing us and they can't catch us and a few things like that. So the parents thought it was best that my intellectual studies being put into to Joey's. So I got oh, here in Sydney? Yeah, I got sent away to um, the GPS school Joey's. Because they're one of the best going around. It is, it is. So I was very, very, very grateful that my parents did that. But what happened was I found the receipt um, after going through one of the letters of how much it cost them. I was like, holy fucking shit. I was about to say, it's not, it's not an inexpensive oh, joint I, to go. I, 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 I had my hand shaking and I was like, all right, I'm going to be the fucking hardest worker in the room at school. I'm not going to get outworked by anyone for my studies. I'm going to have a good time doing it, but I'm going to study my ass off, going to get good grades, I'm going to get into Sydney Uni and do my uh, parents proud. So so what did your mum and dad do? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. What did your mum and dad do back home? Dad was a car dealership, so he owns uh, two, three car dealerships. Okay. Um, he's got a Ford one there, used car and caravan, and he's got an NRMA business. Um, and he's a great epitaph or epidone of like hard work. You know, He came up from nothing, he started washing the cars, fixing them and then selling them and then was able to um, buy the dealerships. Wow. So he, he works the same as me, like six, seven days a week. That's where I get the work ethic Does from. he still do it now? Yep, doesn't, doesn't slow down. 64, 65, his motto is we're here for a good time, not for a long time. Yeah, so I he's like just, just an absolute Aussie larrikin. And mums, he's like, um, you know, beside every great man is usually a great woman and, and she's... Uh, the glue, so, so he, right. he keeps him in check. Does the old man love a beer? Fuck, I think he does. Does yeah. he? Yes, he can sink them. <laughs> uh, and he does it with uh, a lot of style and grace. He's just with consummate ease. Yes. Yeah, he's a very funny guy. Awesome. Um, okay, so high school, you came into the city? Yeah, came to Joey's, and it was obviously rough and tough, and um, I was an easy target for bullies being small. Yep. Um, so I was constantly uh, just trying to stand up for myself. And how'd that go for you? Some sometimes I was successful. Other times I'd, I'd get the shit beaten out of me, or I'd get um, you know, put through the ringer. But um, I'm grateful for those times, you know, because that sort of like give, gave me a bit of character. But it also I, I actually understood what it felt like to be bullied, and I actually said to myself like I would never make anyone feel that way ever in my life. So. I don't give a fuck how big you are, how many strain records you got for lifting, if you're a pro bodybuilder, you're a pro athlete, or whoever you are, or how strong you think you are. How you make people feel is everything. So, yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I've I've not always, I've not always done that. I've always, I've, you know, with my daughters, it's different. Mm. You know, you you want to make sure you do the right thing. But I think at times I've probably been a bit of a prick. Yeah. Um, it's understandable. And it's only now. We all get that sometimes. Yeah, too. you do, and you know, you think about it later. You think, at the time, you think what you're doing or saying is the right thing because it makes you feel better at the time. But you know, an hour, a day, a week later, you think, "Fuck, why'd I say why that?" Why'd yeah. I say that? Because it, it, brain it, fart. It, and it hasn't helped anybody no. um, except your moment in time where you thought you felt better. Your ego. Yeah, and Matt, your ego is the fuck. It's the biggest thing that can hurt you sometimes. It really can. Right, yeah, so high school, you saw the highs and lows of high school. Mm. Um, what happened after high school? You went to uni, Sydney Uni? Yeah, went to Sydney Uni, went to uh, <clears throat> one of the colleges there, yep. called Wesley College, so it was a co-ed <laughs> fraternity. Okay. Yeah, um, and my nickname back then was not the Abstacker, I was called the Sack Dog. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> You're taking the piss, aren't you? No, nah, I'm Billy Ray serious. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Ray, okay. Sack Dog, Why? Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, fucking hell, what are we doing? Yeah. Get going, boss. Sack dog. Sack dog. So, um, the sack dog was just the life of the party or a, a guy that gets really loose on the beers, does a lot of dog sort of things, like, in terms of, like, he would just do what he wants, um, drink what he wants, and have as much fun as possible. Then, at Wesley, they've got a tradition called the dog. Um, so... The person that gets called the dog, um, whenever, wherever you are, when they start yelling out, dog, 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 I have to get on the highest um, landmark or table, bench, bar top, whatever it is, pull my pants down and say, I like dogs, you like dogs, woof, 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 and then scull a drink. 
and it was Are something, you serious? <laughs> it's something that's been there for a while. Uh, and then you pass down the legacy uh, to the next bloke who's going to be the next dog. Okay, so Sack Dog, when did you lose Sack Dog and go from Sack Dog to Abstacker? What was the what well, was the change? It was in that that uh, actual moment. So when I was the Sack Dog um, around that time of um, depression, also there was this girl um, at a university bar that I'd seen her in class a few times. You know, I thought. She's wow. the one. She's the one. She'd thrown me some... I've thrown a bit of chat. Thought she might have liked me for my personality. <laughs> so I w- w- walked up and I've, I still remember it to this day. I had a drink and I walked up and I go, and my buddies who are working on the bar have turned down the music. Oh no. And everyone can hear, everyone can hear what I'm about to ask. I'm like, well, would you go, 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 go out? For and did you normally have a stutter? I never had a stutter. <laughs> and she made me stutter. So go out for, for, for some time. And then she stood up, like, kid you not, and said, I'd fucking never date a fat, useless shit like you. No way. Bang. No, no, look. Bang. Like, my heart was stomped on the spot. Everyone went, ooh. You hear, like, a whole, you hear a, a pin drop. And then me being me, I was, like, almost had a tear in my eye. Um, Walked out of the bar and I was like, holy shit, my heart's just been stomped on. I feel like this big. Uh, and then I started walking back to the the campus. And on the way to the campus, there was a, a guy on a magazine cover standing on Bondi Beach, like, smiling, six-pack abs. I was like, I bet you that motherfucker never had that happen to him. And that's what sort of triggered me to get into the gym. And then... So that girl having a go at you was the catalyst. Yeah, it's the best thing ever because four years later I was on exact that exact same magazine cover. So did you? Can I? We'll get to the magazine cover in a sec, though. Mm. Did you ever see that girl again? I did. I did. So now, uh, when did you see her again? Three years later. So did she recognise you? No. So this is very, this is, it gets really juicy here. So oh, here we go. So I was at um, Future Music Festival and they used to have it at Randwick. Yep. Um, and I, admittedly, I trained up for these festivals just to get the abs out and have the shirt off. Of course. And, um, you know, that's what young boys do or young men do. Uh, some of you. Uh, yeah, some of us. <laughs> yeah, I won't speak for everyone. Okay. <laughs> Please, mate, but that's, yeah. a, that's so, a wide net you're throwing there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> some of us jocks. Yeah, no, very, no, bro- no. very broad brush you've just used yeah, there, champ. But anyway, so you've gone to the festival. Yeah, and I had these big party glasses on, so you wouldn't be able to tell, like, if it was me or not. And she's... I've seen her and she's gone, oh, you're hot. Can I get a photo and have a dance? I was like, you're kidding me. And I was like, pulled down the glasses and I said, remember me? And she went, ghost white. And I, rather than giving her a spray, I just gave her a hug and I was like, thanks for changing my life. No way. Yeah. And I was just, I'm grateful for you. Um, and, and what did she say to that? She she was like me. She was m- m- muttering. So, oh, so she's got your stutter. She, she's got the stutter now, and the the roles are reversed. Wow. And um, you know, I, I actually took a photo of my uh, with her camera of me with with her on it uh, per, as per her request, and she just walked away with her head down and uh, feel the people like clapping, feel the mates because they knew who it was. Have you seen her since then? Again? No. No, that's a funny thing. I haven't. I wonder what would happen now, ten years on. If you bumped into her again, do you think you'd be? I mean, I think you'd be the same. I think you'd be pretty okay with it. I wonder if she would. I, th- I think she'd be a lot better with it now. I think um, once we get some insight into our thoughts and uh, you know our mindset and maturity and where we are on that journey. So I love that man. That's a great. Uh, that is a great little story. So you've trained for three years to get to this festival. I mean, mm. was the training hard? You said you went from that day where you saw that magazine cover. I just went in the gym, and I kid you not, I had no idea what I was doing. I never lifted weights? Never really lifted weights, like, correctly or anything. And I remember I started on the bench press, so I couldn't even do the bar. <laughs> and then it was just a bit of a shit show to be like a clown show. And then, I'd, But I just kept going in. I'd watch the bigger guys, the stronger guys. I was just watching, asking questions, looking on the internet. I just showed up every single day. Every day? Every day. I didn't miss a day. I just every single day. So your diet at this point, you, you, you said you're, you're a little bit, little bit bigger than what you, you hoped you might have been when that girl knocked you back. Yeah. What was your diet? So I just went on to, um, there was a website at the time, it was called Simply Shredded, where all these famous fitness icons would put up on the website their training and their diet. 
and I just followed this this guy's diet. So it was pretty basic. It was like, you know, egg whites for breakfast, um, fish and asparagus for for lunch, and you know, like chicken, broccoli, and rice for dinner. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So and I, I'd just eat it day in day out because I knew, you know, that would get me to my goal of, of what I wanted to do and achieve. Was it was it hard to do? Um, I think because I'd been kicked in the gut so hard and the, that pain of what I'd felt almost lit this fire inside of me that was almost like a furnace and it just like was constantly on um, and that's that that's part of why the journey started and then you get to the get to those vanity goals of where you look fantastic and got abs but then you quickly realize hang on a minute this is it's not just about this it's about now, what's the mindset around that? Because that's what happened, right? I, I got really ripped, but I fell into the the bright lights of partying and stuff, and then that got me back out of shape, and then I was able to, to turn it around again. How, how did you get yourself back in? I mean, I can imagine when you're cut, yeah. you're, you're at your peak of fitness. Because mm. um, I know, you obviously, on your Instagram, it says you've won a couple of titles here and there. Yeah. Um, when did you win your first title? Was that before the partying or after the partying or in between? Uh, after so I started competing in 2011 yep um, again I coached myself so I was doing a bit of um, topless waitering that sort of stuff and, <laughs> <laughs> so making a bit of extra uh, cash on the side <laughs> so what were you doing for work at this point I was in a suit so I was a um, recruitment consultant I was an account executive actually so how'd you get into that um, oh, so I was doing a research paper when I was at Sydney Uni on um, external and internal recruitment, um, like who's more efficient, a recruitment agency or an internal mechanism within an organisation. Yep. End up interviewing this guy um, who, you know, I was meant to interview him about recruitment. He comes out, he's fucking look like he was straight up GQ magazine. Best beard and fucking suit combo I've ever seen the ball of watch he goes mate don't worry about this interview come downstairs and Porsche he's got a Porsche I was like bloke's only about 28 I was scratching the head and he drove us over to Watson's Bay and we smashed a lot of um, espresso martinis luckily he didn't drive after that wow. but um, and on Mon- I started with him on Monday he said with recruitment you can work as hard as you want and you can make as much money as you want so I was like Wow, being a country boy, started work at 8 a.m. and I'd work to 8 p.m. and I started making really good money. What did you do with that money? Uh, <laughs> I didn't piss, it up, piss it up against yeah, the wall. I pissed it up against the wall. That's it. I got into all that. Well, basically, I went on that um, that journey of pissing it up against the wall, partying too much, and also um, collecting materialistic things that I think would would fill this void or unhappiness that I have. You know trying to get the cars and the watches and the suits and all that jazz where really you're, you're a country boy at heart yeah and it's like not me so what's the what's the most amount of money you spent on the thing the thing you wish you hadn't oh fuck I've done some some pretty wild things yeah, there's a couple of like the couple of like like funny ones I mean yeah, what, what are they in Vegas one time we're out uh, at, a, at a nightclub and I brought for 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 uh, it was American dollars. Bought the main table next to Tiesto for seven grand, uh, which would probably be about thirteen grand. What the uh, hell for? Yeah, that was try to try to impress the four girls I had next to me. But um, how'd that go for you? It, it, you know, I got the return on investment. I think. It's <laughs> 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 uh, looking back at that shit. I was like, what the. You could have like invested it, or you could have given it to charity. But at that point, there, yeah, that's not what you're about, though, are you? No, like, you're, no, you're, no. you're in Vegas. You've yeah. earned the money. You're yeah. going to spend the money, and yeah. it doesn't matter because it's a bit like I did the same thing with Vegas with the lads a couple of years ago. Not didn't buy a table, but I went. I said to myself, I'm giving myself five grand to gamble with. Yeah, I knew what my limit was. Yeah, and I came home with none of that five grand, but <laughs> I'd always wanted to do it. Yeah, and it was a box that I ticked, and yeah. I had an absolute ball. Yeah, the time that I was gambling, I was playing crap. So I was having one of my best mates next to me. Yeah, it was an amazing time. Yeah, today I probably think I could have done something a bit better with it. Yeah, but yeah. it's an awesome memory. Yeah, exactly. A bit like what you've got. Um, when did you win your first title? 
2013, and so it took me three years or three cracks at, a, at the same um, championship. Um, you know, the first show I did, I made every fucking mistake you could in the book. Um, I coached myself, uh, went up there. Thinking I, you were going to do okay? Well, I, I, I was just, um, I didn't really know what it was about too much. But uh, just to give you an example, right? So for the swimwear round, or you meant to wear like um, budgie <laughs> smugglers or speedos or, or swimwearers for the men. I come out in board shorts. So of course you do, mate. Australian way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're out in boardies. Also, I come out like Peter Andre. I tipped water down my abs. And I put glasses on, and the judges actually had a good laugh at what I was doing. Uh, also, but they didn't. You didn't score well. I scored okay, so I ended up coming fourth out of fifty. So I did okay. That I had a bit of a potential. So they they recognised that. They gave me a call the next day and gave me a list of feedback on, on where I can improve. So then I went away again for a whole year, worked my bloody ass off, did 12 months preparation. I came back really, really shredded and on point. I came third, um, but in doing that, I qualified for the Australian team, went to Vegas with them. Did you buy uh, another booth? <laughs> yeah, I did. What? Yeah, but uh, not not as not as uh, outlandish. It was yeah, a much cheaper experience. <laughs> I, I once bitten twice shot. Yeah, no, good boy. Yeah, yeah. Righty-o. So you finished third. Yeah. Went to Vegas. Went to Vegas, finished sixth in the world in, in my category, and then came back the next year after working another 12 months and, and took it out and came first. What was that like coming first? Um, you know, been working for this girl for three years. You get there, and it, it, it's almost like a sense of relief that you've put all this time, effort, dedication, commitment, sacrifice into this one particular goal and you get to it and you're like, okay, is this, this is it. This is what it feels like. You get the, the sense of relief. But in that moment, I really understood about um, you've got to focus on the journey rather than the destination. So it's like when you're climbing the mountain, once you get to the top, yeah, it's, it's great. It's fantastic. You've done it. But it's more about how you get up the mountain. And uh, you read all about this all the time when people are Olympians winning gold medals and they're, de- they're depressed after. Um, and I quickly understood that because, like, at the end of it, you're like, you don't feel empty. You're like, oh, okay, this is fucking amazing. I achieved this immense goal. I'm very proud of myself. But you quickly got to set your next goal because your identity is so attached to that goal that once you hit it and it's dissipated, you got to figure out what's next okay so number one well done yeah when did the second one come uh that was june so that was the biggest show of my life that i took out and then september won the next one and i came second in another case so i won the next one then injured myself before i was meant to go overseas how'd you do that (laughs) oh god another good story so (laughs) i was three days out from flying to Vegas for again to represent the Australian team uh, me being uh, Terry Toughnuts or Johnny Rambo jumped on the leg press loaded up 500 kilos or half a ton on a 24 hour gym the pins gave way so the machine the weight come in on me and basically pushed my stomach or a hernia out my belly button the size of a, a golf ball oh and, um, Did that hurt? Oh, fuck, yeah. I feel like someone stabbed me. Um, and, yeah, I, there was only one other guy in the gym, and luckily he sort of able to help me, and I lifted my shirt up and showed him, and then he nearly passed out because it's <laughs> like this sack. And then I had to wake up the uh, ex at the time and go to R- RPA. And I'm just saying to the doctors, just push it back in, mate. Oh. I've, got to, I've got to fly. Just push it back in. He's like, just relax. Just settle down. Just settle down. It's like, just push it back in. Just push it back in. So they're like, trying to calm me down and anyway they go look we're gonna to have to sedate him and operate because if it twists and bursts you know it's you're in trouble you're in trouble and i remember looking at the doctor and pointing my fist at him saying if you fucking cut my abs mate I'm, that's oh. it for you <laughs> and uh, uh yeah he, he was able to do a really good job the doctor was phenomenal pushed it back in put a, a mesh over the top of it and uh put some some teflon there and i'm good to go but what was it like not being able to travel? 
Oh, it was heartbreaking because the guy that um, that I beat in Australia comes second to me. He actually won the world championship, and it was the first time an Aussie had ever taken it out. And that was, you know, that was my big five-year goal. Um, but I have to accept that as part of the journey. That that's, that, you know, those those things happen. And as being someone who pushed it to the next level, always, I got a very good lesson about like leave your ego at the door. You're not meant to be lifting heavy. Don't do it. Um, essentially, so it was a valuable lesson I learned. I'm just glad that that's that's all that happened with it. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, three and four. We're, we're, I mean, we've done a couple of wins. Where, where yeah, were the next so ones coming from? They're pretty much a fair few people wrote me off and said I'd never come back from the injury. Probably a silly thing to do with you. Yeah, very silly because I then come back uh, nine months later, stepped up a class to the physique class, which is a bigger, bigger frame and a bigger physique, and they only. First time in Australia handing out a pro card, which means you go into the pro leagues. Um, and I was fortunate enough that I took that out and won it. So I was the first Australian physique pro um, in the Muscle Mania Federation. Wow. So when that pro card, what does that give you? Just gives you uh, a ticket like, like a pro tennis player or a pro golfer. Oh, so entry into other events. Yeah, around the world, which is really cool. And then you play for like more prize money. What's the most prize money you've won? You don't really win too much prize money in, in what I do. Because I was about to change my life. I was yeah. going to go from an Uber driver yeah. to probably an older yeah. muscle you know, fitness guru and try and get the prize money. Is it worth yeah, it? Nah. Okay, it, it I'll yeah, no. Stay, I'll stay Uber driving it. <laughs> you make more money Uber driving, yeah. Well, but, yeah. Right, well, okay, fair enough. We'll yeah. do, anyway, uh, what's the most you have won, though? Uh, it'd only be like three. I think it's... What three grand USD? So What's that hit? Yeah, so it's, it's not much. But you're not, in for the, you're, not, you're not in it for the you're not you're not in for the money though. No, no, no. The money's not why you're there. No, that's exactly right. Out of you all of the it. wins, out of all of the wins, which has been your your most proudest, and which is the one you just, you're a bit ho hum about? 2018, when I went in to the first time for the WBFF. Um, What's the WBFF? It's the World Beauty and Bodybuilding Federation. Basically, it's like the that I was in Muscle Mania, and they're all different federations. So just think of like different, like Premier League, um, you know, the Champions. Division. Oh, and the EPL. Yeah, they're okay. all sort of different. Yep. Um, so this was a new one. Earlier that year in 2018, I think April, uh, I nearly lost my leg to Tropic Staff. I was up fishing, hunting in Darwin. Um, had an accident up there. Leg got infected. I was again an idiot. I didn't go to hospital. Being a country boy got that bad that I got rushed or got rushed to emergency had to get uh, operated on straight away because it was really attacking the leg got chopped open twice and they said if I have to do it again a potential of uh, losing the leg I think I was high on painkillers when I said it but I hadn't competed since 2014 and I just sort of remember that feeling and that like how that made me feel when I was in comp prep mode yep and I said to the the doctor or the guy, fucking, I'm gonna do this. As I was scrolling through my Instagram, pointed to the guy that, that won it the year before, and he's sort of like, okay, okay. good luck with that. Yeah, the painkillers are working. It must be pretty high. Um, but yeah, I got I got out of uh, hospital, started getting the, the leg moving again, and um, was was hell bent on just going there. Not to win. I wasn't in that that competition to win. I was just all about the journey and all about the process. And if I went, if I was able to win, yeah, good. But um, I ended up coming away with the pro card there. And that was like, I reckon that was the most special one because my parents were there, my sister was there, some mates were there. It was up on the Gold Coast. You know, we had a real hood. I could hear, you know, the mum and dad yelling out. My parents had never been to a show before. So that one meant the most. Your parents, were they, they, they proud of you the whole way? Yeah, they just didn't understand it. Like, like um, Did they ever say to you, mate, look, you really should stop what you're doing and go back to... Well, obviously, you're, you were still in, you're still in corporate at this point? 2018, no, I was a personal trainer. Okay. I exited um, corporate in 2016, so I was... <laughs> we, we spoke about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's, there's a link. There's yeah, a link there. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you were at Salesforce, which is one of the things we spoke about, and yeah. you left around the same sort of time that my ex joined. Yeah. Um, which is, again, that whole small world, six degrees of separation thing yeah, is just crazy. quite bizarre. But um, So you left corporate in 17? 
16, yeah. 16, sorry. Yeah, halfway You left through. corporate in 16. Uh, your parents, when you said you were leaving corporate to become a PT, oh. what, what was the conversation like? Uh, it was like, you're making the wrong decision. They're all about like playing it safe, you know, work hard, savings, get a mortgage. Uh, that Did you of, have any of that by now? Yeah, I had an online business called abstacker.com. Yep. Had a little bit of, didn't have, to, actually, I did have a little bit of, little bit of money then, but I went through, I was with a girl for six years and we broke up at that time. I almost got engaged. The ring never hit the finger, but sort of, um, <laughs> that wiped a bit of the savings out. Basically, so, and then I said, I've made the decision. I'm going to burn the boats and take the island. So what I mean by that is I'm going to cut off any fucking possibility of me going back to corporate I'm going to change my question from how much money I can make to how many people I can impact I'm I'm sick of like just working for someone else making them rich and just selling things to make money it wasn't my jam I was like for me I want to go out there and help people with depression mental illness I want to help people you know get into the best shape of their life and that that's the journey I went on so how have you I, I, I can't applaud you enough. I really can't. Your, your parents, okay, so now they're supporting you. They, they, they see you at the at the event. You win it. Yep. Um, what's the conversation like after that? Oh, they're just proud. They're just, they're just so stoked. Um, but I don't think they actually knew, like, the... Because it is the best shape I've been in, how um, shredded and what, what I was like on stage and how I went about it, the professionalism and stuff like that. So they were just, yeah, they were really ecstatic and proud. That's awesome, man. Uh, how do you help people in depression now? You talked about how you do it. What's your what's your way, what's your avenue to help people? My first thing is to get them into a routine of morning rituals or habits. And that's uh, what, is that the 440 thing? That's part of it. That's part of it. That's, that's a run club we do every Saturday. So the 440, it's a, it's a really good metaphor, actually, because it starts in the dark and sort of finishes in the light. Yeah, nice. So um, if you just think about that for a little bit and how... The journey of life is that 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 will tell you enough. Um, but what I try and do is I try and get them in a uh, a set of routines or habits or habits that I should call them that really cultivate a positive mindset. So um, waking up earlier to an alarm than they normally do, because I remember when I had depression, I used to hit the fucking snooze button. Now, What's stopping people hitting the snooze button now, though? It's a really good question. I'm glad you asked. So what I tell people to do is get your phone, put it in two rooms. So you have to get it out of your cold, uh, out of your warm bed, and you have to turn it off. And next to your phone, I want you to have a little um, a little notepad, just with a little motivational quote or the reason why you're getting out of bed, and a glass of water, and just chug that glass of water down. If you need a coffee, have a coffee, and then I get them rolling from there. Wow. So the depression thing—that's that's that's one way of getting people on the right mindset. What are some of the other ways you help them? Um, the the other things that we do, obviously, is um, through correct nutrition and training. So we do a whole heap of things in the gym um, around you know them getting them a regimen, a program, um, getting them to stack wins. Um, for some people, the biggest challenge they face is just showing up. And just, right? and just being that accountability partner. So doing the work's not the hard part. No, no it's just, it's just getting out of bed. Yeah, getting their kid on and yeah. getting down to the gym. Once they're there, they're fine. And then creating that community around that gym and Bondi that's positive. So you'll see, as I've said, I say Happy Monday, Happy Tuesday, Happy Wednesday. Been doing that for seven years. And where'd that start from? It started one day when I was in corporate. I remember I used to live in Balmain, Roselle. Um, and I was having a fucking shit day. I was pissing down rain. Um, I really liked to brush my hair and look really neat for work. My hair was a mess. So I felt puddles all over me. I was looking around, looking at the energy. Everyone was like miserable, had their head down. And I just thought, how can we change the, the sort of the energy of this bus here? And I walked onto the driver. And all I said was just, happy Monday. And he went, happy Monday? <laughs> That's a good one. And then about three people heard it behind me. They started sort of like smiling and laughing. I just watched that. Then what I did was I went to the barista to get my coffee. I said, happy Monday. And he fucking loved it. And then it just went viral. Viral. And I just kept, I punched, even on my first email, I went, happy Monday. And got a really positive response. And I kept just on that journey. I was just watching people's reactions. 
in Bondi, you everyone will just yell across the street at me like "Happy Monday," and even if they're that's awesome though, that you got you got a catchphrase that people recognise you for. Yeah, they they, they know that, and some of them like uh, they, they might be Brazilian, Spanish, Italian, Chinese, Japanese, whatever language they speak, they can still say "Happy Monday" because I've said it that much at them. That they know it. They know it. Has anybody told you to go fuck yourself? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had a few. Uh, you will 100. percent So you'll get people that will say. Well, it's easy for you to say, or fucking yeah, yeah, bet you can too. You're not working, or <laughs> I just, and then I'm like, okay, all right, and then maybe I, happy Tuesday. Then. No, no, just I just I just offer them, is everything okay? Are you okay? Like I'll try and go that way, and then you'll either get met with even more, go fuck yourself. Yeah, they're, they're not in a good way, but um. So, have you ever come across where you've spoken to someone, said Happy Monday, and they've they've said oh whatever go fuck yourself or happy Monday back but then you've gone into a bit of a deeper conversation with them to realise that they're doing it tough yeah 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 yeah. yeah. and right. when you've come across that person that's in a dark space what do you say to them I didn't actually say anything to this person they told me that and then I just gave them a hug it was actually a female and then she burst into tears and then I I um, walked with her um, not saying anything? Not saying. I just, just let her know. I did exactly what you did. I walked her down to Bondo Beach because when we get anxiety or we, we have panic attacks, she's having a panic attack, you know, the, the water or seeing the ocean or the vast space is very, very, very calming for people. Totally agree. And we sat down and um, we didn't really say much. Yet. And then I said, can I get you a coffee? And we had a little chat and she told me what was going on. And then she then had a bit more of a tear we had a bit more of a hug and then we've been friends ever since do you see her often she doesn't live locally right um but yeah i, I still chat online here and there you talk about that ocean thing a mate of mine langers he was a good one for that as well he'd say mate let's go for a swim so it knocks you straight out that's that's why i tell uh, all my clients in the morning also to have cold showers obviously you start the shower on warm but as soon as you hit the cold when a <gasps> even that big breath what it does is it takes you out of your your head and then forces you to be extremely present so depression's caused from looking back in the past and giving ourselves a big rinse about and you know anxiety will be looking into the future and having immense amount of fear around it or panic um, but when we're cold we're present um, which means that is this set- something you've learned yourself or is this something that you read about or I mean, oh. how did you come to know this I'm always, always learning. So if you go into my apartment, there will be 24-7 a podcast or some YouTube interview being played on mindset or something to do with self-development. So I'm just constant. I try and read a book a week. Um, What's your favorite book? Ever? Yep. Uh, David Goggins, You Can't Hurt Me. It's a, and what's that about? It's a story of a, a guy that was um, African-American, grew up in a highly racist town, uh, had his dad um, beat the shit out of him and his mum, forced him out of the home. The mum had nothing. They went to a, a, a white racist town, had people shoot at him. Um, he was just like a scared boy. It was essentially at rock bottom. Um, found himself at 300 pounds overweight dead-end job, uh, busted up marriage, broke as fuck, then seen on a um, TV the Navy SEALs doing their hell week, said, oh, I want to be one of those, I want to go through that suffering, and then the next day he's reaching out to recruiters, um, and then fast forward, 18 months later, the guy's a Navy SEAL, he's gone through, no way, yeah, three hell weeks, and then he's talks about this journey in his book, it almost seems surreal, but it's... I gotta read it. Oh mate, I've got. I think I might have another copy at home. I'll give it to yeah, you. That'd be awesome, mate. So for me, my favourite book, and I read it once a year. Yeah. I've been doing it since the age of eighteen. My grandfather, yeah. when I got kicked out of home, my grandfather to my natural side of the family. And who kicked you out of home just out of interest? Uh, so that my adoptive parents, uh, they got my brother and I when I was six and he was four. Yes. And long story short is that my natural mother and my adopted mother, their fathers were brothers. So it was all kept in the family. Yeah. And uh, my dad uh, was a big man. My adoptive father was a big man. Mm. Um, played footy, played squash. Mm. He was a huge lad. Like, he was just naturally big and strong. Yeah. yeah. Worked at the West End Southern Brewery in Adelaide, but could knock a back. He could knock back a few. Yeah. And the problem with that is that um, as a youngster, 
uh, he used to knock them back that hard that yeah. invariably there'd be the odd left hand that would be yeah. wiped across your face or you'd look the Shit. wrong way or yeah. um, and I, I never cried as a kid because my, my defense was if I cry then I've given in yeah. So I never cried, even when he used to hit me to the point where, you know, it would lift me off my feet. Wow. So it got to the point when I was 15, 16, 17, where I was like, mate, he'd say, go get a, a beer. My dad used to drink long necks, the old long necks from the brewery, and he could knock back a dozen of those a night. Wow. And um, he used to then say to me, look, go and get me a long neck. And I'm like, no, no, go get it yourself. Wow. And for me to stand up to him, I was small. I only yeah. got big. Yeah. I'm not big. I'm not massive but I yeah, yeah. I, I only got stronger in between yeah. years 11 and 12 yeah. and then I just put on more body mass after that but prior to that I was a small skinny mm. you know very uh, smart kid at school mm. and that's all I did I played a lot of sport was good at sport football and cricket I mean yeah. my mates wouldn't agree to that but that's okay <laughs> um, but anyway so I came home one night from high school mid year and my bags were packed he did that. Yeah, he packed my bags and said it's time to go. What, and what for though? I just because you know we just we didn't speak. Wow. You know, and uh, you know it was tough at home. My mum uh, and my adopted mum and dad have been trying to have children through the IVF program for a number of years before they got my brother and I. Yeah. And subsequently after that, and then they did fall pregnant, which is great because mm. Sarah came along. Mm. Um, and look, strangely enough, in that in that this is the weird thing. In the year that my half sister was born, Sarah, my natural mother had her third child. Wow! Even though she'd given up the two of us, my brother and I, mm. she then had her third child in the same month of the same year, and they're both their names started with S, Jeez. unbeknownst to each other. That's crazy. It was crazy. It's one of those those crazy things. But anyway, Sarah came along, and I mean, I was just I, I loved her as a, as a as a thirteen year old kid to have a little baby sister. I had a baby brother who was two years younger, but um, anyway, by the time I got to 17, the old man had packed my bags and he said, I came home one night, they're on my front door. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, no, it's time for you to go. So I then went and tossed down on a on a schoolmate's brother's mattress, spare mattress in his house. In fact, you talk about dark days. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I was 17, no had, money. Had to go to school? Had to go to school still, so I finished year 12. Jeez. Um, but I don't even know how I did it. Yeah, I actually don't even know right now how I got through it. It was just a real, it was a shit time. Yeah. Um, what was, so dr what was driving you to like get like a lot I, of people would have just thrown in the towel, but you've shown like incredible resilience and. Mate, I've got the one thing I do have is resilience. I have resilience, and yeah. also for me, I hold a grudge. Okay. And that's not always a good thing. Yeah. But for me, my grudge was to show them that. Fuck, they did the wrong thing. Mm. You know, I understand in some way why they did it. Yeah. Um, I wasn't the best child. I was academically, I was very good. Mm. Um, but to them, I just, I didn't have that father-son yeah. relationship. You know, he was a brute of a man, but he also did, he was trying to do the right thing by us. I won't begrudge him that. Mm. But he just had a really shit way of doing it. Yeah. Um, so for me, my defense to that was, well, if you're going to kick me out, then every post the winner. And I'm not saying I, I, I made a lot of shit decisions. Like in my life, you know, I've done what you said you did where you crashed the odd car and you got away yeah. with it or, mm. you know, you drink too much to the point where you couldn't remember your name or you do yeah. stupid things or whatever it was. But it's for me, it was just that cathartic moment where my grandfather gave me that book and it was called A Fortunate Life. Fortunate life. By A.B. Facey. And it's an oh, yeah. Australian bloke that grew up in Perth. Yeah. Um, not early 1900s. This guy did it tough. In, there's a lot of parallels in his life to mine where he was effectively adopted out. Yeah. But he grew up rough. He was a, a knockabout lad. Became a boxer when he was 15 or 16. His nickname was Punch. Okay. Um, and it's an awesome read. I reckon you'd yeah. absolutely love it. But I read that book once a year because when I think I'm doing it tough, yeah. if my daughters say to me, Dad... Oh, we're doing it tough this week. We can't go out to whatever the fuck it is. Mm. You know, but they miss out on nothing. Yeah. But for me, I'll then go read two or three chapters of that book and it'll bring me back. Mm, wow. If I think I'm doing it tough, I go and read that book. And I remember that he did it tough in times when it was fucking tough. Mm. I've, I've, got a, I've got a cupboard full of food. Mm. I've got more toilet paper in your poker sticker. I've got yeah. great mates. I'm trying to get rid of a couple of the mates. <laughs> you know, I've got too many. They know that. There's a couple on the right on the cusp of getting cut off. Um... The problem is they probably never will. But I've got everything. I can't I can't want for anything in my life. 
You've got a you job know, and a car. I've got a job and a car. I've got a personality that I think's okay. Yeah, you've got a good um, personality. I've got two beautiful daughters yeah. that are everything I live for. There's other people in my life at the moment that are making each day fantastic, and they know, they know who they are. Um, I can't want for anything. So there's a lot of people out there doing it a shitload tougher than I ever will, mm. or I ever have. I mean, if I think I grew up tough, I mean, man, that's... that's I've got, I got nothing. So... To me, that's the go-to book, A Fortunate Life. And I've told a lot of people who jumped in the car when we get talking about books and that sort of stuff, I, I spruik the shit out of that one. Yeah. You know, to me, that's... Like a cracker that's, of a book. And I'll, mate, I'll swap you the books. Okay. I've got Let's a copy. Yeah. I'll take your version, you take mine, and then yeah. we can uh, we can right. see where we go with it. But um, who's special in your life? Oh, it'd, it'd definitely be um, my mum, my dad, and my sister. Yep. You know, the, we're a very tight-knit family. Like, my sister's like essentially my best friend I can tell anything to dad's the same he's my best mate I share everything I get up to I even send him some pretty wild videos from time to time again some good photos the Vegas booth yeah which um, so I'm very grateful to have uh, such loving and caring um, parents and a very tight knit family I'm just grateful for them Um, I'm grateful for everyone that's had a positive impact on my journey and I'm grateful for you know the the brotherhood or the or the people that have been around me through my fitness journey. You know those training partners. That's where most of my good mates have been solidified or cemented in. You know just by hours and hours and hours of just shifting, stealing, and, and going hard. Do you think kids are on your horizon? They are. So I think it's probably about about three or four years away from that being ready. I know, I know you're never ever going to be ready. Um, but it's, that, a, it's an you talk about journeys. Yeah, man, that's, that's 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 an awesome journey. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, mate, it's 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 the reason why I get up. Yeah. You know, um, the Abstacker thing. How did you get the Abstacker name? Well, where'd that come from? Uh, so down at the Bondi Outdoor Gym, just on the beach there, uh, Muscle Beach or whatever you want to call it, uh, there was a very infamous uh, fitness guy called Ziz who, who went around. He's a bit of a social media. Um, sensation before he passed away unfortunately but he come up to me in front of a fair few people and said well, wow your abs your abs are stacked and it was just abs stacker stuck from them and they started calling him it and then when you do these fitness competitions the MCs can give you a nickname or they like to give you a nickname and it was just abs stacker so from there I created a brand with it and a website and a what's on the horizon for you um, I've got a, my next pro show um, November 7th on the Gold Coast, but given the current climate situation, I don't know whether that's going to go ahead. But regardless, I, I'm going to prepare because I, I actually like the journey and the process uh, that, that's involved. In so it's not about the competition. Yes, nah. it, it is, but it's not. It's like, not the competition's yeah, no. good, but it's not what you're going for. Yeah, because it's just you versus you. So I'm just going to beat the physique or package last time I put on stage. I'm just against myself so that's what, that's what I really like about it uh, and then I've got my new website being relaunched abstacker.com which is going to be like a membership website it's going to be different to most fitness websites because we're going to focus on mindset first so you think, you think that's important yeah it all begins with the mind I, 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 if you can't get the mind right it doesn't matter what because you think about it right you, and at, working out is one hour out of the 24 hours so there's an extra 23 we're in our fucking head now you want to make that head a nice place to live in and what I've got is like a tools and some online courses that I'm going to put up which are able to sort of teach people to navigate around life's challenges and get them to build really better habits so they become the best version of themselves wow uh, what's your proudest moment as a trainer so you've, you've someone's walked in the door like and it's someone like me someone walks in the door and you say, and they're a blank canvas. Like, yeah. get me to where I need to be. What's your proudest moment? I've had people that were on the verge of suicide, so they were at rock bottom. Um, I've picked up a, a person or a buddy outside of rehab for his fourth time, and his wife at the time had left him. He was completely and utterly a, a, a mess, and we turned him around. He's an absolute Adonis today in four years sober um that, that's a pretty wow. big one 
Yeah, there's just been so many. Like, I'm very, very blessed. The the clients that are trained at the moment are all a bunch of frigging rock stars. Like, I don't have any duds. Um, you know, they all they all put it in. <laughs> now, Big um, Adam needs to get a mention because he was this. He, he's yeah. the start of it. This is where yeah. you and I met. Yeah, the guy the guy started at 145 kgs. Yep. And now he's down to 110, 109. Killing it. Killing it. Crushing it. Big AB. Shout out to you, brother. Yeah, man. Um, go. He's got two two young kids also, and he runs like one of the most successful um, hedge fund or, or finance companies. Good luck, so he's, he's, he's always on it. Good luck, man. Mate, can I ask you a question? Why did you, why did you say yes to today? Um. From the moment I met you, that I knew there was something different about you. I knew that you had your story to tell because the way that you shook my hand, looked me in the eyes, and you really welcomed the the Happy Monday, I knew that um, you're on the same path. You, you you're one of those guys who just wants to make everyone's life a little bit better just by doing the small things that they can, whether it's making their Uber trip more enjoyable or just having a chat. I, I just there was something about you, so um, real people on the same journey so i'm just trying to help you on it mate, i appreciate that i appreciate yeah. that um mate, i've loved this i uh as i said I, I came into this as a, again a bit of like a blank canvas i mean I, I i knew that i wanted you in the car and the day the day that i pulled up two weeks ago to say mate would you do it and you sit on that bloody milk crate flexing <laughs> your pecs yeah I, I took i posted a photo and I've had more comments come back going, okay, so uh, he's not bad looking. I'm like, yeah, what about me? And they're like, okay, who the fuck are you? Your mates are going, are you going to look like him? Not a chance in hell. Uh, you, you can, 100%. <laughs> no, I, no, I get that, mate, I get that. And look, I have, I'll actually come and see you. I'll yeah. come and see you, we'll have a chat, and we'll see what you can work with this uh, with this canvas. But, um, mate, I've really enjoyed the fact you've, you've taken time out of your day, and I appreciate your honesty. Um, if you're going to give a shout out for, do you work with anybody or any companies with the depression stuff? Because I think it's so important that we actually oh, shout, yeah, out, to, so shout like, out to anyone and everyone. This Saturday, um, we are doing a walk and talk, which anyone can come. Uh, we're going to kick it off at 11 a.m. the Bondi Pavilion. This is for anyone can come along. We're just going to walk and talk for an hour. I'm going to put on a sausage sandwich. Going to wear some shirts. Um, and we're just going to openly talk about our battles, struggles, the ups and downs, the smiles and frowns. We're doing that at the Bondi. The reason I'm doing this talk is I've lost too many mates to suicide uh, the last 12 months. Like, it's been fucking really bad. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just been some absolute... Um, oh, that's tragic. Yeah, some, some not nice things have happened. Oh, just, just around Bondi, you know, a few lives have been lost, but... Um, you know, I, I sort of, me and another bloke wanted to see how what we could do and it come up with the idea of a walk and talk. We thought we were bloody geniuses. And then Shevin Nevin, who's a uh, ex-footy player, used to play for West Tigers and Manly, actually already had a walk and talk up and running. So he's going, oh, hang on a that, minute. Mate, there's more the, the more the merrier. Yeah, so we he come on and he's been part of the journey. We did the last one uh, six months ago. So... Uh, anyone come down to that we're going to get together just chew the fat have a good time um, I'm very open about my battles and struggles so if I can give you any advice or tips and I'm always there for anyone just drop me a note on Instagram we're going through a rough time um, I've been there myself so what time on, sun on Saturday 12 o'clock um, where we'll provide you with a walk and talk t-shirt um, we'll leave around 12.15 and we'll return for a, uh, a barbecue at 1.30 near the North Bondi Surf Club. Um, yeah, there's the, there's the one that we drove. Oh, sweet. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, what I'll do is I'll... Can you take, snap a photo of that for me? Yeah. And flick it through to me? Yeah. And then we'll tag all that stuff in the podcast, mate? Yeah, because I think that our talk was mostly about mental health, which is fucking amazing. Not, not enough people to speak yeah, about. Yeah, mate. I, and look, what we'll do, I'll, I'll get Ben to cut it and we'll flick it back to you for, for a listen. Yeah. Um, and if you've got anything you want us to take out or think, you know, doesn't need to be, but I think we've been pretty pretty nah, cool. I think, uh, mate, that was a very... I've, I've done a lot of podcasts, so that was a very fucking amazing one. Mate, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, it's just because it was so open and free-flowing and there was... Um, 
there was radical transparency. Like, we weren't holding back with the... Mate, life's too fucking short to do that now. Mm. 20 years ago, I, I wouldn't have spoken anything about this sort of stuff. But right now... Um, you'll you'll be blown away by how many people will listen to that and they go, fuck, mate, you helped me there or I was in a bad spot. Um, mate, I hope so. I hope oh, so. I've done them before, so I've sort of got an understanding of the impact. I'll try and get out. I'm supposed to go to lunch at Centennial on Saturday. Mm. Um, but I'll see what time it is. But if I can't get down, I'll come down and see you anyway. But, yeah. Um, Let's just see if we can get a spot here. Oh, we will. I've already spoken to the universe. Oh, there we go. Delicious. Oh, how's that fucking delicious stuff? <laughs> You're mental, mate. I love it. It's awesome. I thought those stories weren't a bit out there. No, mate. They're not out there, mate. It is what it is. Mm. It is what it is, brother. There's not enough people that actually fucking say, you know what? This is the way it is, and if you don't like it, then lump it. But mm. this is me, and mm. there's not enough people out there to do that. So, yeah. mate, I love it. Thank you very much. That was amazing. You're a champion bloke, mate. You really are. Oh, you are. So, just a quick update for all those people who listen to the podcast. Since we recorded this episode, the walk and talk has been uh, rescheduled due to certain circumstances. For those that are interested in doing the walk and talk, please go to. Uh, the website and the Facebook page and have a look at the rescheduled dates. Uh, and I'm sure that Ben and the crew would love to have you still come along when it's off and running and uh, participate in that amazing event. As I said to uh, Abstacker, I think it's a, it's a fantastic thing that he's doing with, uh, with his team and uh, those associated with him. So good luck to everybody and uh, we look forward to seeing you there.